little, uh, had that fire in his belly that, that made him want to go further, faster, do better than ever before. He wanted to win, and he did win uh, many times. In the early 1900s, competed in the 1924 Olympics, and he won gold for, for Scotland in the 400 meters. Um, even, even more than his passion for running, however, Eric Little had a passion for God. Shortly after his success in the Olympics, uh, Little served as a missionary in China and, uh, and did for many years, uh, actually, actually died there as a, uh, as a missionary in China. He, he was driven not just to win races, but to passionately pursue God. I'm guessing there, there have been things in your life where you have been determined to do something, right? Uh, uh, get something done. I'm going to do this. Uh, no matter what, I'm, I'm going to get this done. Maybe it's in sports. Maybe, uh, maybe to, to win the big game or, or to, to break a record. Or maybe it's at school to get good grades. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get the good grades. People are determined at the start of a new year. Yeah, you've probably dropped those resolutions by now, right? We're February. But at uh, the uh, start of a new year, people are determined to get in shape, to lose weight, to do whatever. Uh, you probably know what it's like to be driven toward accomplishing something. I played soccer for uh, for 12 years from middle school, high school and then into through college and and most of the time I was I was driven to succeed. I, I loved, well, love might be a, a strong term, but, but, but I liked knowing that, that in order to win, we had to walk through this hard stuff in practice, and we'd show up uh, before, uh, before the season even, you know, and, and uh, we'd have things we were working on, we'd run wind sprints and hills, and, and I'm not saying that I loved all of that, but, but I knew that it was what it took to be our best in order to win. We were determined I remember coaching my kids' soccer teams years ago too, and there were there were some of those kids who had who had a drive and determination. Some didn't, right? Uh, some some of those girls ended up on the on high school championship teams, and and they even played in college. and And I really believe that I should get credit, a little bit of credit, for starting them off on the right foot in second grade, really getting them to. I think, okay, it doesn't sound like you think that, but uh, anyway. Uh, there were other people, though, other, other kids on those teams that didn't quite have the same drive and determination to win, right? They were the ones making clover necklaces at midfield while the other team was scoring, right? Uh, they, 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 were, they, they didn't really care a whole lot about the score. They were, they were just happy to be there. You know, and some of them, maybe they weren't even all that happy to be there. Um, unfortunately, I think there are some folks in some churches who are just happy to be there. Or maybe they're not even all that happy to be. They, they attend services on occasion. Maybe they even serve on committees or teach classes. But the, the, the drive, the, the desire for more of God, the determination to have all of him, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's waned over time. And so as we continue this, this series, walking through this, this letter to the, the church in Philippi, uh, in chapter 3 uh, in, in Philippians, Paul starts telling about his own personal experience, uh, his spiritual experience and uh, his, his accomplishments in the church. And, and then it ends with, this passage ends with his description of uh, uh, painting a picture of a, of a runner in a race determined to win. So we're going to uh, read Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse Four, verses 4 through 14. It says, If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. 
circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as far as zeal, persecuting the church, as far as, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. The righteousness that comes from God, uh, uh, yeah, I, excuse me, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In essence, uh, Paul says here that there is no relationship with God without that fire and that passion, that drive and determination to go further and further with God. He, he describes it as pressing on. That term can be translated to pursue or, or to chase quickly after. It's the picture of Eric Little uh, after he fell down, putting every ounce of effort into winning the race. It's not a passive, I've arrived kind of spiritual existence. I mean, I read this passage, and one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, I read that and I get a little tired, right? you just like, whew, that sounds, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sweating a little bit by the time I, I read through that. But Paul's describing what, what life with God is like, or at least what it should be. It's a present tense, active pursuit of God. And so I have to ask the question, is your life a present tense? tense, active pursuit of Jesus? Or is it something else? In order to pursue God like that, Paul tells us here, uh, there are a couple of things that we have to do. The first thing is to forget the distractions. Usually when I think of distractions that might hinder my spiritual life, my mind goes immediately to sin, right? Sinful things, got to get rid of the sinful stuff. Um, and obviously sin drags us down and, and keeps us from winning the, the spiritual race. Uh, Hebrews 12.1 describes the same, uh, same kind of picturing of, a, of running a race. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Specifically mentions sin there, right? Uh, the, the, it tangles up our feet as we try to run this race marked out for us. And so we need to be careful to get rid of the distractions of, of sin, the, 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 the temptations in this world, because they can trip us up and keep us from pursuing Jesus as we should. But, but it also mentions, in addition to sin, everything that hinders, right? Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles it. That tells me that there are some things that we get distracted by that aren't necessarily sinful, but they're distracting us from living all out for God. 
Man, if I could uh, describe off the top of my head what, what society, what living in this culture is like right now, I think maybe a, a society of distraction could be a, a good, good description. There's so many things and so many places and, and so much that vies for our attention. We've got to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Why? So we can run with perseverance, so we can press on as Paul's describing. At the beginning of this passage, uh, uh, Paul's describing what was, what was hindering him, right? Uh, he's listing all of his spiritual accomplishments. It's his, it's his uh, a Pharisee resume, so to speak. Uh, people looked up to him as this up-and-coming leader in the church. Paul, uh, but Paul says that, that none of that really helped him spiritually. It was all kind of smoke and mirrors and actually took him further away from God rather than drawing him closer to God. He says it was, he actually describes it, it, say, it says it's like garbage. It was, it was worthless. All these things, all these accomplishments, all this, this uh, stuff that, that, that people looked up to. He said none of that mattered. All of those things that, that Paul thought were getting him in good standing with God were actually keeping him away from the relationship that he needed to have. And so he says that, that, that one essential part of running the race, of pressing on to win, is to, in his words, forget what is behind right? But it, it, it's a distraction. Paul knew that many times, many times we allow what's in our past to trip us up and to keep us from God's best for us. So what's in your past? Maybe you've gone through difficult things, experiences that, that no one should ever have to go through. Maybe you, you feel like you failed or, or you've taken a wrong turn or, or someone has hurt you or, or let you down. Uh, Paul says those things don't disqualify you from going all out for God. We need to forget what is behind. Maybe, maybe it's not negative. Maybe you've achieved great status. Maybe people look up to you. Uh, you're the person that people love and admire. Or, or maybe you've had great spiritual success. That was, that was Paul's story, at least in the church. Uh, he, he had great success, but, but he said, forget about the past. It just distracts you from pursuing God. Or, or maybe it's not your, your past. Uh, there are distractions all around us, right? Uh, we, we have to get rid of the distractions if we're going to press on toward the goal, as, as Paul says. And, and that's really the other thing. Not only do we get rid of the distractions, but we focus on the goal. There's always a goal in, in sports, right? In football, it's scoring touchdowns. Something that my Kansas City Chiefs needed to do a little bit more of last Sunday afternoon. You can pray for me, but I, I guess I'll be a Bengal for a, for a week or so. In, uh, in basketball, we've got to score baskets, right? In soccer, we've got to put the ball in the net. Uh, maybe you've already been watching the, Olymp- uh, the Winter Olympics, as we have. Uh, maybe it's uh, uh, skiing or, or speed skating or snowboarding or, or the biathlon. The, you know, you, you're skiing and you've got a gun on your back. What's that about? I mean, but, but, I, mean I watched it yesterday, I'm just saying. But uh, uh, anyway, the, the, there's always a goal. Uh, maybe it's a time to beat. Maybe it's a person to beat. Uh, maybe it's uh, things, to, goals to score, whatever. Whatever the case might be, there's, there's, uh, in, in the mind of the athlete, uh, that goal is, is always fresh. And they're, they're doing everything they can in order to reach the goal, in order to win. Their focus, their energy, every part of their bodies are zeroed in on one thing. Winning the race, getting to the finish line, whatever it takes to win. In, the, in our spiritual lives, we, I don't know, we don't necessarily have a physical finish line though, do we? 
What's, uh, what's, what's the goal for us spiritually? What are, what are we aiming for? Uh, wh- when do we know we've succeeded? Well, most people uh, might say that our goal is to reach heaven, right? Uh, that's, that's where we're heading. If we're following God, we want to live for all eternity in heaven with God. I, I just want to make it to heaven and that is certainly a noble goal. We've already had a couple of passages we talked about a few weeks ago where Paul was, had his eyes on heaven, right? And, and he says we need to live as citizens of heaven, knowing that that's where we're headed. And, and he says uh, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And, uh, and so his focus was, was on heaven, but it, it wasn't necessarily the ultimate thing that Paul was pressing on for. In verse 14, he said that he's pressing on to win the prize for which God has called him heavenward. So it seems that the goal, the finish line, wasn't getting to heaven, but it's something else that is attained uh, even as we're heading to heaven, right? Others might say that, uh, that, that we're pressing on to attain, I don't know, a certain level of, of holiness, maybe. We need to, we need to put uh, sin behind us and we need to, maybe it's checking off the list. Maybe, I, we do certainly need to be holy. God promises to sanctify us through and through as we submit to his leadership. But, but Paul doesn't say that that's necessarily the, the, the goal either. Holiness is, is involved, certainly, but a certain whole, reaching a certain holy status is not the, 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 the goal that's in our minds. I don't know, other, others might, might shoot for uh, uh, converting a certain number of people. Maybe, uh, maybe that's the, uh, the goal. We need to, we need to evangelize, and, and if I can just uh, uh, convert uh, enough people, then, then I've reached the goal. Or others might look to the amount of good things that they do for other people, money that they give away, or, or positions that they hold in the church. None of those things are bad, right? Uh, but uh, many of them are included as we live our lives as Christians, but they're not what Paul says is, pers- is, is, is burning in his heart that's helping him to press on. Uh, to, uh, it's not his end goal. It's not what he's straining so hard for. What is it that Paul is straining so hard for? Well, he mentions it several times throughout this passage, ver- verses 8, 9, and 10. He describes it as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, being found in him. He says that I may gain Christ. I want to know Christ. The goal of our spiritual lives is Jesus, knowing Jesus. I mean, if we're doing that, we're going to end up in heaven, and that's great. If we're doing that, we're going to be holy. If we're doing that, we're going to be serving in the church, and people will come to know Christ through us and, and all the things. But, but the ultimate goal is knowing Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus is everything. Center your life around one thing, knowing Christ. Get that picture of Eric Little in your mind, straining every muscle to win that race. That is the picture of our pursuit of Jesus. There's really only one thing that we need to be straining for. And that's exactly what it says in verse 13. Paul says, but one thing I do. And actually in the, in the Greek, the, 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 the phrase I do uh, isn't even included there. Uh, we've added that so it reads smoother in English. But, but uh, I, I mean, I can just picture Paul 
Maybe you know, maybe you don't. Paul couldn't write. Uh, he, uh, he signed his name, maybe a couple, of, but he wasn't writing these letters. He had, he was dictating these things. He's in a, a it's a prison cell or it's a, it's a house with a guard, or whatever. He's, he's, uh, he's dictating this letter to a scribe who is writing, trying to keep up, I think, and, and writing it out. And, uh, and I can just picture him, uh, pacing back and forth, probably as this, as this letter kind of crescendos to this moment. Uh, he's, he's getting louder and louder, more and more passionate. He, he says, man, I haven't arrived yet, uh, but, but let me tell you this. It, it all comes down to this. There's just one thing, he says. I, I'm pressing on to know Christ more and more and more. Oh, and, and when I think I've done everything and I'm as close as I can be, then there's more. And, and tomorrow, there's gonna be more. And, and there will always be more until I reach heaven. I wanna keep getting to know more and more and more and more of Jesus. It's just one thing. And that's everything. I want to know Christ. It's an, it's an up-to-date living for God right here in this moment kind of experience, right? I'm not relying on my spiritual experience with God 20 years ago. I'm not thinking back to great times with God that I had last spring or this summer I'm not hearkening back to a, a, quote, mountaintop experience that I had at a retreat or at a camp. So, I mean, those are, those are all great things, and they're, they're milestones along the way, but that's not the focus, because I'm focused on today, and, and every ounce of my being is driven toward knowing Jesus more. I press on. Got to have that drive. Well, what does that look like uh, practically to press on as we, as we live like that? I mean, I, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, it takes discipline. It's not simple. It's not easy. It takes concerted effort. Harry Emerson Fosdick said this once, no steam or gas drives anything until it is confined. No life ever grows great until it is focused, dedicated, and disciplined. You might know that, uh, that, that I like uh, doing some long-distance running Maybe you're sick of me using that as a, as a sermon illustration. Uh, I've run several half marathons and a couple of marathons and, and, uh, and some other stuff. And uh, man, I'm never doing a marathon again. I'm just telling you, well, I'll tell you that story another time. Uh, but it didn't end well. But, but I did finish and I've got the medals to prove it. But uh, um, usually about this time, I might uh, sign up for a, a race in, in, the, uh, in the spring. One year, several years ago, I made the mistake of signing up for a race in January, at the end of January, and it was down at uh, Chippewa Lake, and it ended with jumping in the lake in the middle of January, and now you know how stupid your pastor is, and I won't ever be doing that again either, but typically, I would, around this time of year, I would sign up for a, a race in the spring, right, maybe a, a half marathon, Medina half marathon, I, uh, the, the route goes almost right past our house, and, and, and I enjoy running that, yeah, I, I, I just said that, I enjoy, I think I do, so, uh, man, weird, anyway, uh, so, but, but I don't sign up for one that's coming just a couple of weeks from now, right, because it takes preparation, and I, I work through a running plan and, and I kind of watch what I eat and, and, uh, and, and uh, kind of organize my day in the back of my mind thinking, okay, well, this is a run day. I, how am I going to arrange my schedule so that, so that I can fit that in? And gradually that, that uh, pushes me uh, harder and harder and faster and faster and further and further until uh, sometime in May I'm ready to run 13 miles in one shot. Running takes daily discipline. 
And just as a runner goes into training, being a, a, a runner in the spiritual race requires discipline, training, right? Uh, saying no to some things, spending a lot of time and energy on the things of God. And so I suppose at this point in the sermon would be a great place to interject some guilt-ridden admonitions about a beefing up your practice of spiritual disciplines. And I could start talking about the need to pray more. And you'd agree, oh yes, we need to, need to pray better. We, we need to be better in the area of prayer. I need to pray more. And I could, I could make you feel guilty about not reading the Bible enough. And I could say, what's the last verse that you memorized? And you'd say, memorized, what? And, uh, and, and there, there, I, could, I could generate some guilt there, I think. And I, I could talk about how, how no, one, no one fasts like they should anymore. And you say, fasts? And, uh, and, and we certainly need to have more time in, in silence. And you can say, I don't have any silence. And, and there's, there's solitude and meditation. And we could, I could lay it on thick today. And maybe I should. Maybe I will. Maybe I just did. But if, I don't know, if, if I was going to ask you how your spiritual life is, chances are you would evaluate it based on your level of spiritual intensity and in some of those spiritual practices, right? How's your spirit? Well, I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm, I'm spending time in prayer. I'm, I'm in, in church most Sundays. <laughs> I, think, I think we gotta get this. Most of us describe our spiritual lives by talking about what we do. But is that answering the question? Paul was telling the Philippians that the the true test of your spiritual life is how close you are to Jesus. Of course, read your Bible, pray, fast, go to church, read spiritual books, uh, sing worship songs, but only so that you can know Jesus more because you're pressing on. The goal is not how many books you're gonna read this year or how many times you're gonna read through the Bible or or how many hours you're gonna pray. The goal is knowing Jesus. And all those things just help you along the way. (laughs) It's the picture of running that race. Whether you're a runner or not, whether you're going to watch the Olympics or or not, whatever the case, it's the picture of every, every ounce of energy focused on Jesus. It's, well, it's this. (laughs) I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. I I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. One thing, it's one, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In the movie, Chariots of Fire, which some of you are going to stream later today. Eric Little says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. When you run the race of life with God, forgetting what is behind and straining with all of your heart toward knowing him more, you feel his pleasure. You experience his joy. I want to know Christ.